With the well-known risks of drug use, why do people still do them? Real life starts now. Welcome to Real Life with Evangelist Ann and Kathleen Lay, where people with real problems find answers in a real God. Welcome to Real Life. I'm your host, Kathleen Light, and joining me is my husband, Evangelist Don Light. Later in the show, you'll hear from Liberty Crouch Taylor, who shares her downward spiral of drug addiction that left her homeless. Hmm. You know, when I was young, they had DARE, Drug Abuse Resistance Education. Yeah. And I know they don't really go with that anymore for young people. Mm. But I can remember even at the age of 13 where I would go to parties and people would be like, oh, it's not bad. Come on. They just teach you that stuff to make you controlled or so Mm. you don't have fun. You know, come on, try some of this pot or try some of this. You'll be fine. And so they would try to overcome those things that were instilled with me and say, oh, it's no big deal. Yeah. When I was younger, I just remember that one commercial and, you know, they cracked open some eggs and they said, here's your brain. And then uh-huh. they, they fry here's it. Your here's your brain drugs. on drugs. And I'm like, oh dear, you know, I don't want to eat my brain, but <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I mean, you know, seriously here, that image so struck my mind. Hmm. And I remember many, many times I was offered drugs And it just scared the daylights out of me, you Mm -hmm. know, because I was like, I'm not going to do that stuff. I am not going to touch that stuff. And I'm glad that I didn't because, you know, life as an atheist, I got pretty crazy. But drugs was one of the things that I didn't really go for Mm -hmm. because I was terrified of that, you Mm -hmm. know. And I think people do get into drugs is because they say, oh, come on, you know, you can handle it. Mm -hmm. And there's certain lies that even though people know that it is very dangerous and there's a lot of risks for drug use, people still do it. And why? It's because people say, well, you know, that's just what the government's trying to do, or that's just what such and such says, but really you don't even know until you try it, right? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, the risk is for someone else. It's not for you. Yeah. It's just for somebody else. And it'll make you feel good. So people go into this thought like, wow, this is going to be fun. This will make me feel good, or I can handle it. I'm not like all those other people. I'm not going to be an addict. But all it takes is one time and that's, oh, let me try a little more, a little more. And then they go downhill and it's a very dangerous place to be. It's better off not even going with it, not even trying because there are real dangers and risks. Yeah, well, you know, a lot of people, they can just say, gosh, you know, just don't listen to authority. They don't have your best interest. But what does the Bible say? It says in Proverbs thirteen eighteen, poverty and shame will come to him who disdains correction. But he who regards the rebuke will be honored. So kids, just say no to drugs. So true, because without correction and knowing the truth and listening to authority, you can find yourself in a big mess. And we're going to hear from Liberty after the break, and she's going to share how drugs messed up her life. Real life is made possible by people like you. We'd like to take this opportunity to sincerely thank you for your generous support. We couldn't do it without you. May God bless. Welcome back to Real Life. I'm your host, Kathleen Light, and joining me is my husband, Evangelist Don Light. Hello, everyone. And joining us is Liberty Crouch Taylor. She ended up going through a really hard life. At 12 years old, she started getting into drugs and then became a meth addict. She was suicidal and later on became so fearful about everything that she couldn't even leave her home. We're going to find out how she got freedom from this fear. Let's welcome to the show, Liberty. Thanks for being with us. 
Thanks for having me. Yes. So I understand at a very young age, your parents separated and divorced. You were only about two or three. And then through that, you were babysat by a couple different people and ended up being molested. Can you tell me what that did to you on the inside? Basically, I was suppressing the feelings of the events of being abused sexually for so long. It ended up in my early teenage years manifesting as rebellion towards Mm. my dad, who was raising my brother, sister, and I as a single father. And he was also struggling with alcoholism. Mm. So just suppressing the events itself eventually turned out to be acts of rebellion against all authority, anybody. Mm. So at 12 years old, what kind of drugs did you start getting into and where did that escalate? It started basically stealing cigarettes from my dad and then moving into somehow I got interested in pot and then alcohol. It escalated to cocaine by the time I was 18, 19 years old, moving into club drugs when I was in my 20s. And then later, it was no longer just fun to do drugs. It became an addiction. I was addicted to crack cocaine. Mm. And then I was introduced to methamphetamines. I started snorting the meth and then smoking the meth. And then it turned into shooting the methamphetamines into my veins every day, all day long. Mm. Oh, my gosh. That's not really a way to live. I've met a lot of people who are addicted to drugs and they're just trying to get money to get by to get that drug. It becomes their number one thing. Tell me about that type of feeling that you had as you were searching for drugs and this addiction of meth. Yes, you're absolutely correct. It became no longer a fun thing to do. It was what I needed every day to Mm -hmm. basically function to wake up knowing that I needed to find the drugs, knowing that I needed to make money to get the drugs, knowing that I needed to just basically function out in the real world, either high or going through withdrawals every day was a struggle. Mm. Now, I understand that you ended up in some pretty bad relationships and there was a time in your life where you were really coming to the bottom of yourself, the end of yourself. But before this, you never really knew about God. You were never taught that there was a God. You weren't raised in a Christian home. And it was just not really a thought of yours ever. So some people, when they get to their wits end or to the bottom of themselves, they'll call out to God or they'll do something in order to get help. But you didn't have that help or hope. And as you were fighting with the person you were dating, tell me what happened in that altercation. On July 4th, 2010, the boyfriend I had at that time, we were intending to go camp out at the river because we were at this time now homeless, without money, without drugs, without friends, without Uh anything. And we were going from shooting meth in your veins every day, all day to nothing. It does something to your brain. Hmm. And I was barely 90 pounds at that time. And my boyfriend and I were driving down the road. The car somehow was not going towards the river as we planned. The car was actually turned around towards the highway, Mm. the opposite direction. And we're going down the road, and I had already been isolated, cut off from my family for years. My family didn't know if I was dead or alive. Wow. But driving down this road, eventually, wow, I started thinking, my dad lives down this road. Well, the boyfriend and I, we were arguing, fighting in the car. He pulls over, and it just so happens to be at the very exit where my dad lives. 
off the highway and he pulls over and we're fighting and he pulls me out of the car and he's got his hands around my neck Mm. and somehow his foot slips on some grass and I get away and I'm running down this old road where in the mountains there's nobody around and I'm running down the road and the boyfriend gets scared and takes off so like he's not there anymore Mm. but I'm like bloodied and 90 pounds and dirty and got track marks all in my arms and everything I'm running down the road And I just knew if I could just make it to my dad's house, I would be all right. Mm. But out of nowhere, I see this white van coming down the road my way. And I go into the middle of the road and I'm like, help me, help me. And it just so happens it's a pastor. Mm. And, you know, pastors pray. (laughs) (laughs) And he pulls the car over and I said, can you give me a ride right up the road to my dad's? He lives on top of the mountain. And the guy says, yes, yeah, I'll take you. And he never really said anything. He just let me talk. And he took me up to the top of the mountain where my dad lived. And my dad comes out of his house and he saw me and the pastor leaves. And my dad looks at me and just my dad hadn't seen me in a couple of years. So now here I am showed up like this. Mm. And it's 4th of July. And I tell you, my dad, he struggled with alcohol. So when I showed up, he was already drinking. So that's the type of state of mind he was in. And basically, I said, Dad, can I stay here? And he says, you can stay here, but I've already got plans. And he walks down the mountain, just leaves me right there outside. Wow. So now I'm by myself. Like, there's nobody around. The pastor's gone. My dad's gone. I hadn't even made it inside the house. And I didn't know God. I wasn't taught of God. I had my first salvation experience at 21, but I never got discipled and I completely had forgotten about God. And the whole God experience that I had at 21 got submerged with addictions and abuse. So I had forgotten who God was, but I dropped to my knees this day and I cried out and I said, God, if you're real, you've got to help me, help me, God. And I was just tired. And I knew that there had to be something better. Mm. And so that was in 2010. And from that time, I was separated, just living with my dad for over a year and a half on top of the mountain. And that's where I got my sobriety. Wow. And during that time of your sobriety, which is so powerful, you also had something that you struggled with before that was still lingering. And it got so bad that you would have a machete next to your bed. You thought there was someone after you, someone was going to kill you and attack you. You were very fearful. So even though you were free from the drugs, now you were in bondage in a sense. You were trapped in your own self thinking, I can't go anywhere. Someone's after me. And we're going to hear about that on our next show about what happened to you and how you lived your life and how you got freedom from that fear. And we're going to pray for those who are listening right now that they too can get freedom. Father God, we just thank you for this story, Lord. Just a story of the life where you just led from one bad thing to the next and how it is getting worse and worse and worse. And sometimes we can go through life thinking, you know, everything's going to be good. Everything's going to be fine. I'm living a life without God and everything's good. But then it gets really bad and it gets so bad to the point where you're all alone. Mm. And I sense that there's someone listening right now and they're saying, gosh, I'm there. I'm at the point where I'm at the very bottom of the line here and I need help. Jesus, we call out to you. 
God, as she prayed, she said, God, if you're real, please help me. And God, I know you're real. And I pray, Lord God, for the person who's praying with me right now, that you would touch him, mm-hmm. that you would deliver them, Lord, from being at the bottom of the line. Father, somehow bring them to the top. Yes, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name. Jesus, we receive you. We believe in you. Mm-hmm. We know that you are the Savior mm-hmm. of our lives. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. And as Liberty cried out to God, that's what he wants is your heart. And he set her free from that addiction. And you're going to find out how she heard the audible voice of the Lord and how she got freedom from all those fears as well. Thank you so much for tuning in. You're listening to Real Life.